To be that is the question uh -huh. I think therefore I am a legend It's 24-7, 365 Parents advise discretion With thoughts like mine Empires fall, you should know that these walls Only up for protection World on guard, got them all on the edge Balls at eight feet, barely balance the tension Raising the heat, I could leave any second Fall to the street and be home by 11 Do an interview with KP On the session and laugh when he asks If it's passion or an obsession Yes, the point I'm Hello we're doing something a little different. Yeah. I have with me in the studio uh, Miles, and Miles and I are going to talk about me. Yeah, we're gonna, we've, we've been in these chairs before, though actually we were in a different, a whole different room last An time elevator. I was on this. Yeah. Uh, oh. <laughs> last time I was on this podcast. Oh. Not yeah, uh, yeah. the other podcast we do together. <laughs> I was, listen, I wasn't planning to shamelessly plug that until later. No, I'm just Yeah, kidding. okay. Um, uh, where all of your questions are like, oh, I see you do um, elevator pitch. Uh, how does that affect your mental pleasure, state? Do you yeah. are you happy when you're working with me? Yeah. So the, I hear your partner in elevator Ooh. pitch is like really um, cool, understanding, <laughs> super like high, like really hyper tall, intelligent, like really tall, like almost frighteningly intelligent. Um, how does that affect your mental state? And also very tall, and super tall, like almost as tall as like an imagine so like smart. a scraggly or Sherlock Holmes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> I feel like people do often like think of us in terms of like famous duos as well. Uh, by that I mean I've had what enough. Do you think? <laughs> no, 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 no. By this I have had people come up to me and go, "Okay, so if you were these people, like, would you be Mary or Pippin? Would you be Frodo or Sam?" And like Sherlock, and it's like every answer is the exact same of like, "Oh, we just take fucking turns." Yeah, it's true. We're like. It's like we're siblings. It's often very much like we are siblings. I wouldn't know. I don't have any siblings that are boys. It's fair. Um, I mean, besides you, because yeah. we adopted you. Yeah, uh, which is very kind because um, I was living on the streets. Living on the street. It's the terror of knowing what this world is about. Watching some good friends screaming. Let me out. We can't both do the Freddy part. <laughs> we got to take turns. Oh. <laughs> this is this is becoming too much like having siblings. Um, no. Uh, <laughs> so you, hello, Tristan. Let's get inside that um that head of yours. You don't want to. This is a uh, this is so this is a positive. So I don't know. Uh, thank you for joining me on positive and negative. <laughs> uh, in case you're not sure what the show is about, we kind of talk about the arts and um and mental health and how the two affect one another. So um so far you're so being you're way more eloquent about the message of the podcast than I have ever <laughs> been. Whereas I'm like, hey, listen to me talk. How's your so how's your um how's your brain parts? How they be? <laughs> how's brain be the parts though? <laughs> Are you sure you So I've heard you um so I've heard you've got a I've heard you have a brain and that sometimes the I would things, while things away you wish it didn't. the hours conferring with the flowers. A uh, what? So you yeah. have a brain sometimes yeah. it thinks things you you wish it didn't. Yeah, that's um intrusive thought syndrome. Yeah, so um Yeah. How about that? Okay. <laughs> Is that a... Nailed it, Miles. Good good. You're a regular Charlie Rose. Yeah. You have no idea who that is. <laughs> Dear God. <laughs> and now the intrusive thought Tristan is having is, I've made a horrible, horrible mistake. mistake. <laughs> it's not intrusive. It's just a oh, thought. Yeah. <laughs> How often do you get those confused? Oh, for as a kid, though, like this is actually a, a good question. Um, <laughs> ah. Obviously. So, um, uh... As a kid, I had no idea what was what. And, like, even up until a couple of years ago when I didn't know um, what an intrusive thought syndrome. Because, you know, you have a lot of the times you have those thoughts that are like, what's the worst thing I can think of? And, like, you have no, at least I do have those thoughts of, like, what's the worst thing I can think of in the situation? And then because you're anxious that you're going to do or say that thing because, um, you're worried you're a bad person, I guess. Um, but, like, for example, I'd be like, 
looking at little kids and like, oh man, I hope I don't have a sexual thought about these children. And then like, you would be like, uh, why did I think that? That's not okay. And then like, you would get, I would get like, what does this mean? And then you would, um, once you realize, oh, it's just part of the anxiety and you're trying to not think of those things. And that's, it's like, you know, you can't do this because you can't picture brain, uh, anything in your brain. But like the um, old, like, don't picture an elephant. In order to not picture an elephant, you have to picture an elephant first. And it's that. Only with murder. Only with murder. Only with murder or throwing a chair or... It's like elephants, but with murder. (laughs) It's poaching, really, (laughs) is what we're talking about. Um, Intrusive thoughts are exactly like poaching. We've learned so much today. Yeah, um, but I will often, like, make eye contact with someone and be like, what if I just punch them in the face? Like, and you got to realize that that's not who you are. That's just part of the disease. Right. But yeah, for a while, um, I didn't know what the fuck was going on. And so I just assumed I was a really bad person Hmm. for thinking these things. And then you kind of slowly realize, oh, a lot of people have these thoughts. And a lot of my, and I was talking to, you just like ask one question and I'm giving you, it's it's fine. Um, I think that's how this works. Yeah, probably. Um, It's just, I've never been on this end of an interview. So I'm like, I'm talking too much. Oh, wait, this is the point. Okay. So um, I was talking to Melissa. Uh, about it, and ninety percent of my jokes are just intrusive thoughts that I've written down. Right, like there, <laughs> I do the bit though, like the um, it was tough growing up in the Midwest and being depressed because of the vernacular. A boy, how? Because I have thoughts like, boy, how do I want to kill myself? That's something I legitimately thought. Yeah, like specifically with the words. Boy, howdy. No. But it wasn't kill myself. It was, boy, howdy, I want to fuck the shit out of that person. And I was like, that's stupid. Wow. And I was like, how can I make this funnier? Um, and it was suicide. by suicide. <laughs> how can I make this more on brand for Tristan Miller? Um, it's to mention killing yourself. Because, like, and a lot of intrusive thoughts I've been um, noticing... Because it has to do with obsessive compulsive disorder because you get in a repetition of thoughts. And a lot of the time um, I'll have the thought like, oh, I want to kill myself. And it's not that. It's I don't want to be in this situation. Or um, it's just an intrusive thought where it's like, okay, I'm embarrassed. Hey, get get that away. Yeah. Um, and that sort of thing. I, so I'm really good at this because not only do we talk about like this this syndrome, but also we related it to uh, to your art. And I'm pretty sure that was all because of my uh, adeptness at this job you've given me. So I just wanted to put that in the podcast so everyone knows that I'm really good at it. So <laughs> so let's talk about more more. Thing- I'm turning down your mic. <laughs> no, okay. Grump. Uh, uh, no, 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 no. So I, um, <laughs> another another thing in in your life uh, uh, this month in particular, uh, it's been a year. Yes. Oh yeah, um, it's been a year that you've been sober. Um, well, more or less, yeah. More um, or less, yeah. I still do like caffeine and uh, Advil. Um, but you haven't, you haven't, you've I don't drink. done alcohol yeah. Yeah. In, in a year. Um, so let's talk a little about that. Like, what, okay. what led you to that decision, or like, what do you think has changed in your life since you made that decision? Well, um, I've saved a bunch of money by switching my insurance to Geico. Which no, is good. Uh, yeah, I saved a, like number one. Like, if anyone is considering being sober, it is so he saves you so much money because like, and for a while, I did this thing where I wouldn't buy alcohol and bring it home. I would only drink when I was out in a bar because it's so expensive to buy drinks that it would limit me to like two beers because $16 for two beers if you stop and think about it that's a fucking absurd amount of money yeah so like $16 you can get like a 12 pack or yeah yeah exactly probably more um oh man uh no uh that that was a joke um (laughs) hi um but uh so for a while but like you do like save a lot of money so i've been able to like pay for things that i i should pay for um for number one number two um because and i was talking to cameron about this um drinking a lot both uh exacerbates and also mimics the symptoms of manic depression Hmm. and so when you drink it just like makes all those symptoms worse of the up and down of the moods that makes sense and so I've been a lot more stable since like I know and I've been a lot less anxious because like what a lot of it came down to was I was 
every time I would get drunk the night, the the day after, I wouldn't be hungover, but I'd be emotionally hungover. I'd be really depressed and anxious and feel terrible the whole day. And so it was one of those things. I'm like, this isn't worth it. Yeah. Because like also the way you become less anxious and depressed when you're drinking is either to do cocaine or to drink more or both. And it's like, that's not a viable option for me at this point in my career. No. Uh, One, I can't afford the drinks. Two, I don't know where to get cocaine. Oh, I do. Oh, (laughs) that was just me. I don't know. I don't know how drugs work. I want to emphasize that. I know how to get hard narcotics and I choose not to, (laughs) mother. (laughs) Um, But yeah. Um, So it's made me a lot more level. And um, and the other thing, I was making a few decisions that I didn't really enjoy, like... uh, you know, you, you you get physically intimate with people you don't know, or or pardon me. Um, I I I get a lot of going back to the kind of the intrusive thoughts thing. I get paranoid, like legit, like people go, oh, I'm so paranoid. It's like no, I literally think people are talking behind my back every time I'm not with them, even when they are. So like it is. Like and that just exasperates that and like your mood shifts and like I would get angry as well because I wouldn't know how to. You know, it was just a bad scene. Yeah, so it just wasn't worth it for you. Yeah, right? exactly. Essentially, yeah. And I'm funnier when I'm not drunk That's because funny. I'm quicker. Yeah. Um. And and I I hate not being funny. <laughs> right. Right. Like. So what? A, so that's that's another like pretty prominent part of of the Tristan Miller experience is the, is like quick and, and, and a lot of jokes a lot of the time. What? I don't know about that. I think I'm a terribly serious person. Terribly. It's, yeah. it's terrible how serious you are yes, because I'm just, you're terrible at being serious. I'm um, no fun at all. <laughs> uh, so what, I guess let's talk about that a little bit. Oh, sure. Then, since, since the transition came up, what, what do you think <laughs> caused that this drive that you have this... uh, to be funny yeah um well um my mom dropped me on my head <laughs> no my mom <laughs> uh it's become very clear over the last few years that she's very anxious and sort of you know depressed and so when when you grow up in a house with someone you love as much as you you do with one's mother, um, and you can make her laugh, like it's kind of like a very sort of Gene Wilder sort of thing of like make your mother laugh, and it very much came from that. And my dad always did voices and could make her laugh, and then my I would, that's how I would play with my dad as right. well as we would like riff, like looking back on it now. And I've noticed that even now, like when yeah. you're when you're when your parents visit, like, yeah, that's a lot of the. At least when I'm there, a lot of the conversations we have with your father are like making jokes and yep. like playing in in a space and yeah. And so it kind of came from that, and um, knowing that it's a positive impact because like that's kind of all I really want to do because um, all all you want to do is have some fun, and you've got the feeling that you're not the only one. That's a good poem. Did you write that? Yeah, probably. Okay, so, um, <laughs> but it is, uh, like, uh, yeah, it, it, it kind of started there, and then I realized, oh, I can actually be good at that. And, like, I, I remember <laughs> I would try to be funny even when I had no concept of what um, funny is. Right. And then, um, like, as a kid, I would do knock-knock jokes, like, knock-knock. Who's there? Banana. Banana who? Banana that hates you in the face. Like, and, like, it's, now it's I It's like the Amanda show. Yeah, very much so. Um, very much so. Uh, but yeah, it would... And then what's also kind of going into my teenage years, I very much um, saw it as a defense mechanism, not just because, like, hey, I want people to like me, but also, like, I have all of these thoughts, and they're all slamming together. I feel like a lot of people with any sort of hyperactive or attention deficit disorder um, are funnier because generally humor is juxtaposition. Mm. And so when you have a bunch of thoughts slamming together, uh, two of them are bound to contrast in a very humorous way. And so it's like getting to learn how to do that. And then um, I always wanted both of my sisters um, are incredibly intelligent Mm-hmm. I always wanted to be very smart as well, but I knew that I couldn't necessarily compete in the same way. 
Fair. And then also, I didn't want to, as I grew up, I didn't want to be pedantic about it. Because I used to be, like, very Sheldon Cooper, like, correcting people and going, well, actually, this, and this is this, and then blah, 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 blah. This is a common defense mechanism when you are afraid people people think you aren't as intelligent as you are. Exactly. So. Um, and so I kind of learned, oh, I can be funny, but in a smart way. And going back to m- my mom, it was one of those things of, um, I'll, I'll generally write like a dirty joke. And if like, as a kid, I would like, if it makes my dad laugh, it's easy. And then if it makes my mom laugh, it has to be intelligent as well as disgusting. <laughs> Hence like the, um, the Ford clitoris. Right. Yeah. Joke. Um, because, because if I'm going to, the punchline is still clitoris. Yeah. But how do we make that so my mom would laugh at it? Yeah, it's, and that's... wordplay. Yeah, exactly. Uh, that's fair. Mm-hmm. That's Ditto bad. punnilingus. Yeah. Yeah. She's like, oh, I hate... Like, <laughs> my favorite thing in the world is the look of anger and also pride and also the fact that she thinks it's funny from my mom. <laughs> because it is just like... And that's like, you know... As much as, like, you should try to make yourself laugh when you're writing jokes, my second tier is what would make my mom laugh. And then we go from there. Um, yeah. This one didn't end in a natural transition. No. I was gonna Welcome. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, um, so other things we can talk about are... Okay. Uh, um... I really thought I would have thought of something by the end of that sentence. Yeah, I know. You were looking around, like, searching for something. How about uh, robots, huh? Like, <laughs> the toys Well, I mean, I think desk. I would want to, like, I think be- I'm, I'm always curious um, because I feel like I would want to be a robot because, like, that would give me, like, no emotions and wanting to be emotional. There's a, yeah, there's a, there's a, there's this fascinating concept in, um, in John Scalzi's newest book where, like, Oh right, the past, uh, the past, em- uh, like emperors of the galaxy, mm-hmm. um, like have all their emotions and thoughts recorded and saved, um, and then like stored in this room. So any present emperor can go to this room and talk to like uh, a perfect recreation of of this person without yeah. any of the emotions. So it'll have yeah. all their thoughts and what they felt about things Opinions, and their experiences, yeah, yeah. but they will talk to you without any sense of pride or sense of like decorum. So you can ask them to be perfectly honest, and they will every time. Yeah. And that idea is fascinating to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and that would be, like, the most interesting thing, specifically about, like, a person becoming a robot. Yeah. Or, like, a robot who has seen, who has seen every side of a situation and can give you just, like, this is this is what I have gotten from it. Yeah. It's different specifically within this situation because, like, oh, I'm talking to all the memories of my father what did you think of me without any care for how it will make me feel like yeah which is sort of fucked up oh yeah i love it though what i would love and it uh it doesn't happen in the book like i don't even know if it's possible in the world but like if you could upload like oh i'm uploading all of my experiences that i've had and i'm going to talk to this version of me interesting yeah wouldn't that that be fascinating i would like to have that conversation with myself like what do if I, if you would like, legitimately eliminated my pride and 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 my feelings out of it, what do I think about this? Huh? That'd be a really interesting thing to be able to do. Yeah, it's something like I try to do in my own head, and I know I don't succeed a lot, but yeah. I mean, because the thing is, in general, you're kind of like a socially anxious person, and you do worry a lot about what people think, just because you don't want to hurt anyone. It's not like, what do people think of me? It's like, I don't want to upset anyone. Well, it's less of that anymore. It yeah. was a lot of that when I was younger. Yeah, and I get that, because, like, you know, people are important, but also, fuck them. Um, <laughs> but it is, yeah, and I think it's finding that fine line of being honest, but also polite, and I think... I think people out here don't know how to do that in yeah. New York. They're very honest, but they're not very polite. It's true. And that's fine. But it's also very, like, difficult to deal with when you're, like, used to any sort of semblance of courteousness. Yeah. It is It is a fine line. Like, people often, like, specifically recently, like, like, the, you don't have to pick one or the other. Mm-hmm. Like, you can be... 
Yeah, you can be both. You politely can be... honest. And, like, a lot of people, like, even when you are, like, people will take any honesty or criticism as, like, a, an attack when uh, yeah. it isn't meant to be. Oh, this person doesn't like me rather than this person doesn't agree with me. Also, um, I was talking to my mother about this a mm -hmm. couple of days ago. The way in which we use language now is very interesting in as much as if you are polite, if you are formal in any way, people think you're being an asshole, which is really frustrating for someone who is, now this sounds rude, as well-spoken as I am because I know how to do either or, neither nor, and know when whom is proper. And... um and it's very difficult because I, and Stephen Fry was also talking about this of like, there's this idea that if you sp express something eloquently, you don't mean it as much, which is stupid because that if you express it eloquently, you've probably put a lot of thought into it. Yeah. Well, you've, you've taken time to choose your words, which should like, which, which should mean something like mm -hmm. the things you put time into like obviously mean more to you yeah for sure because you decided to spend time on them yeah like a gut instinct reaction is it feels good like getting a like a a gut instinct reaction from someone is is good but like it's not something they like chose to convey and, and what people choose to do is super important yeah yeah and i think um in america specifically because i feel like england is a little differently i don't know though but like in America, all I can say is we value pathos over logos and ethos, yeah. which hence the current administration. Like he was, it was in a completely unemotional platform rather than, I think, and then like admittedly now Hillary was too um, logistical. She wasn't ethical enough or um, pathetic enough. Yeah. Um, whereas I think an ideal candidate, um, even like though he had his problems, like has his problems, like Bernie ha hits those three beats really, really well of yeah. like, ethically, this is what I think more, um, logically, this is what makes sense to me. And then I also believe in this. So I have a lot of emotion backing me up Yeah, and that's how you should make any argument is yeah. you should hit all three beats and then you should have, uh, uh, an introduction and conclusion. Do you find yourself inclined towards one of those, one of those three more than, more than others? Um, well, I mean, I think we're all emotional creatures, so the initial responses, of course, are going to be, like, emotional. But um, I think, personally, uh, ethics are my main thing and how you choose to express what you believe. Because I don't, like, a lot of people, and even though I kind of said a roundabout way of it, um, a lot of people, like, people are their actions. I don't really, really believe that because I've done really shitty things, but I'm working on it. So I guess it is the actions you should judge, like I would ask people to judge me on, would be uh, trying to fix the, the things, realizing, oh, I was a shitty person and fixing it, and that action you should do it. But I think um, the core of a person is what they believe and who they are that way and how that impacts their life. Um, and I really think ethics are very important and how you, because it's, it's how you see the world and therefore how you treat it. Sure. Do you, so there's a lot of, a lot of people will base their ethics on a lot of different things. Like mm. most common, like you'll have a lot of people base their ethics around religion. What do you find you base your ethical code on? Uh, uh, the, the code of the Mandalorians. Kill ah. first and then get paid. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, I'm sorry. That was a goof. Um, it's Krakna, the giant, um, sea turtle in the sky. Sky tortoise. It's the sky tortoise. Right. The sky tortoise that looks down and the word of of because he's a tortoise he can't speak English. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I was raised Lutheran, which is you know, uh, uh, resisting the urge to do all my stand-up material about uh, what it was right like. Oh fuck, uh, growing up Lutheran. Um, but yeah, I was raised Lutheran, so I was raised in a Christian household. It's actually one of the the Lutheran commandments: Thou shalt resist the urge <laughs> to do all your stand-up material and what it was like to grow up raised Lutheran. And this is why Garrison Keillor fell out of the church. <laughs> uh, yeah. No. Uh, <laughs> uh, someone came up to me. It's like, you're from Minnesota. Um, so you know about Garrison Keillor? I'm like, yeah, uh, yes. I've seen Prairie Home Companion came to my hometown. He's all alive. What are you doing? <laughs> Idiot. Um, but yeah, um, so I was raised Lutheran and I still like go to like Easter and Christmas, but I'm like really, really, um, busy 
And <laughs> and it is this thing of like, and I, I would rather like go to a Bible study because I'd rather have like, and I was talking to Molly, my sister about this mm-hmm. when we went to the Easter service because like I have realized that church isn't good for me because of my temperament, not because I disagree necessarily with anything that's being preached because I've been to a lot of churches where I'm like, oh, this, this, this guy's really good. I really agree with what he's saying. Um, but it's because I can't sit still for two hours because the singing is the best part because I want I need to be an active participant in what's going on, which is right. another reason I have a hard time with like going to live theater these days. Right. Cause like, I'm like sitting here for two hours and I'm not doing anything and I don't, I don't feel listened to. And like it, that's kind of egotistical, but it is like specifically in regards to a, a discussion about morals and ethics and all of that i would like it to be a, a two-sided conversation because like when say um you're doing uh, the parable of the talents you know sure or whatever it is i would like to sit down and go okay how do you think this applies directly to modern life and i would have questions for the person yeah and you can't just like raise your hand in the middle like you can but it's against decorum specifically yeah. if you're lutheran because people don't like making eye contact, let alone confrontation. <laughs> I've heard. Um, so this occurred to me, like as an idea, mm. as an idea, when you said the the live theater and not being like heard or not being a mm-hmm. participant. Um, I've often heard you you say like you're not opposed to like conveying your emotion or feelings about or to someone because we're all dying or anyone could die at any moment. Mm. Do you feel like that has a that is a part of of this like? I want to be doing something. I want to be heard because you. I imagine death so much it feels more like a memory. When's it gonna get me? Yeah, I'm I sleep seven feet ahead of me. If I see it coming, do I run or do I let it be? Yes, absolutely. That's why I write like them running out of time because I am like that's the mo- the stupidest fucking thing about that dumb musical. I love it. It's great. I you know I just did that. But the most upsetting thing to me is like when they're doing nonstop and there's that rhetorical question of why do you write like you're running out of time? And it's like, because everyone is, you idiots. Yeah. Um, also, he's taking the SATs. Uh, but no. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, that is exa- that is one of the main reasons I try to do as much as I can and put as much stuff out there is because like... Do you, do you find it's hard, like it is harder to enjoy like partaking other people's art because of this? And like, well, it depends. It depends on kind of my mood. And yeah. that day, um, like I saw Amelie on Broadway yesterday and I loved it because it was an hour and a half, two hours of just wonderful delight. joy. Yeah, yeah, it was just delightful. And, and so I was, I allowed myself and was able to just enjoy life or this thing and it happened um, it's easier i think it's easier said than done in as much as like i think when i am in a movie or whatever i don't often like unless it's very bad i don't often have the thought oh i'm dying i can't do this but if i'm making the decision to go and watch a movie or a play i will often have the like i the first thing i have to do is go what can i do productively that will benefit like what can i make today instead of doing that thing okay and then if i mix past those things then i'll go see the movie or the play all right yeah that's fair but it does give a nice like because you know i'm a waiter and so it gives this really nice thing of like that job doesn't matter like, if you go above and beyond, people might remember you and go, like, if specifically, like, I work in Times Square, so people, a lot of people are tourists, so I want to do a good job because, they, you know, they'll make a good memory yeah. of going to the jazz club when they visited New York. Yeah. But no one's going to die unless you get someone's, like, like allergy, allergy wrong. wrong. Yeah. yeah, that I take very seriously. Yeah. But, like, in regards to, like, table service and stuff like that, like, it's not like I do a bad job, but it's, like, it's okay. Like, it, no one's going to die. It's all right. Same thing with um, uh, as much as, as self-conscious as I am, like on stage doing stand-up and stuff like that, no one's going to die. Yeah. It's okay. It'll be fine. That's fair. Yeah. Um, and a lot of people I know aren't comfortable with that idea. Like I've talked to people and they've been like, I don't like thinking about death. And, and I'm like, well, you should get used to it. It doesn't go away if you don't think about yeah, it. It's, yeah, it's not... It's not like chlamydia. 
<laughs> chlamydia, chlamydia. Oh, have you chlamydia? It's the worst disease. What Marx Brothers reference. Ah. Um, we should also talk about <laughs> what in in terms of like. So you're also you're also an actor. That's something that you do. Is yeah. there something you found? Like how? Because obviously we've touched on uh, intrusive thought syndrome and 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 such. Like, what do you think about you? Like, comes across or comes through your acting, or like, what do you want to accomplish with your acting that has to do with these these uh, things that make you that make oh, you different? Oh, okay. Um, how do I transmute mental illness into talent? Yeah. What's that alchemy like? Uh, um. Well, I would say, other than, like, the intellectual ability to, like, sit down and work on a script and, like, I'm smart and that, I think a lot of that comes from the hyperactivity and being able to process things quickly. That's the other thing. That's the, actually the most handy gift as for someone who's hyperactive on set is because you just have to tell me once and then I've processed it and we can move on mm-hmm. when you give me direction. Um, but mostly it's uh, what I found more and more, and this is... Um, is um, I think I'm an empathetic person naturally because of it and that's the most important quality of an actor is that they feel for other people on stage and they're like that's how I engage with people because I can't just be like oh we're in the same room that's enough a lot of the time I have to be like kind of like link into someone yeah and 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 that makes I think my acting better Um, (laughs) uh, I will say uh, being hyperactive was really bad in school yeah because of Meisner technique because my because most Meisner teachers don't have this problem they don't understand it because I went to my Meisner teacher and I was like have you ever had a song stuck in your head during a repetition and she's like no and I was like fascinating this is why you don't teach me well it's not that you're a bad teacher it's that you have no idea how my mind works I cannot just focus on one thing because even when I'm looking at someone I'm hyper observing them and she often said i like observed people like a scientist i'm like no i'm just taking everything in it's a lot of data yeah so that was really difficult and no i had a a very similar experience Mm -hmm. uh going through my myself so that makes sense yeah it was really really frustrating and because like also i find most my my teachers are incredibly sensitive so when you're like, this isn't working for me, they get offended personally. And I'm like, don't. You're an idiot. You're just not like. like <laughs> don't get offended, idiot. idiot. <laughs> yeah. Basically. Because like, but it is like you can't, you can't help what clicks with a person. It's yeah. not like, like Meisner made me better because it made me more empathetic. Like, and I introduced a bunch of ideas that I learned to teach myself how to implement because my mind's different than most people's. Um. But it was really difficult for me. I got very frustrated. I hated that class. It made me a better actor, but I hated it. That's fair. Yeah. Also, <laughs> everything... Okay, so I did Meisner for like a year, mm-hmm. and then I watched the movie Goodwill Hunting, Right. and everything she taught me happened in one look in Robin Williams's face and I was like oh that's what she wants and then I just started doing that and people were like oh your acting got better like it was just like oh empathy that's what you're talking it's not active listening it's just you're empathizing with a person you're yeah. feeling for them and with them and you're there in that moment and so like it's just like learning how to use vocabulary properly and I'm one of my biggest issues with leaders is um I have often gone to a director or a manager and gone, I don't understand what you mean. Can you rephrase it? So I do. And they haven't been able to. Yeah. And communication super important. Yeah. If you don't know how to do that, don't be a leader. Yeah. <sighs> I feel like one of the problems with having me do this as opposed to you with other people is that I've known you for half my life at this yeah. point. <laughs> um, whereas like, so like I've, You've gotten very used to I've, how I've, I work. I've been there, yeah, yeah. Like I've been there mm-hmm. while it's changed. Like while how you work has changed from childhood to now. I suppose. So what was that like for you? Um, like how much progress have I made? How much progress <laughs> have I made? Uh, a lot. I mean, first of all, like because like one, I'm way different than I was 
two mm. years ago. Yeah, um, <laughs> it's been uh, nice. It's a good change. I, it's I a think good so change. too. A lot of times. Um, still Being, got some work to do though. <laughs> being adult is, an adult is so nice though can we talk about that for a moment like yeah. how like you do have this all this responsibility but you're also like hopefully learning to be a better person as you get older but anyway yeah and like learning what is important and like what you have control over <laughs> and mm-hmm. learning like when to do things about it um mm-hmm. like specifically like, i knew you when we were very young and like <laughs> and like the lack of ability to communicate or like knowing when you should or shouldn't communicate mm-hmm. was something you you've learned a lot of um oh yeah for sure and and then like growing up and and thinking that you were in the right to deciding like to figure out if you were in the right and, and changing mm-hmm. to like be a better person like actively deciding to be a better person as opposed to assuming that you were good or bad mm-hmm. is something that you've you've changed a lot and i feel like that's something everyone changes a lot mm-hmm. um and it's super important yeah um craig ferguson said something um and it was like <laughs> something similar to like if you don't act like a dick you're not a dick you know so like just make the choice to not act like think go well would a dick do this and then don't do that like yeah. Um, but yeah, well, thank you. I appreciate that. Um, yeah, I also remember like going back to like knowing when and how to communicate things. I feel like it really comes down to like, I was homeschooled. Yeah. So that made the song hot for teacher really weird. No, um, <laughs> uh, but I was homeschooled. So, um, the level of communication to which I was accustomed was of a family. Yeah. And when your sister pisses you off, you can go it, the equivalent of fuck you. I'm not dealing with you right now. And so when I got to be around people that weren't my family, I didn't know how to act. Yeah. And then also as a kid, uh, when you don't like yourself, generally like young men are like this a lot when they don't like themselves because we're kind of taught like that men are shit. Because we are most of the time. Um, and I'll get back to that in a bit. Um, but it makes young men very angry because they don't know what's going on and like they don't know how to control themselves yet. And they have, you know, all these hormones raging and like that. And so I was a real asshole from like age 15 to 18. And then I got the like my the shit kicked out of me um, emotionally because I had a like a girlfriend for two years and then we broke up and then. Um, and then that bummed me out. Um, to say the least. Yeah. Um, what's always really fascinating is every time I've have broken up with someone, um, you, most people would think, "Oh, you got really depressed, right?" No, the opposite happens. I get really manic, and really, it's really weird because it's because it is a defense mechanism. Because like, um, what's interesting about manic and depressive episodes is they're always triggered by something. It's never just arbitrary. But since like you feel really sad you'll get really like as it's like an immune system like your bot your brain will go oh we can't be this sad and it'll just overcompensate okay so that and like looking back that really explains a lot of my behavior when i was upset about um my first girlfriend and i breaking up and i was like oh shit um but anyway i by men or shit that whole comment is because i mean it's as simple as um, the arbitrary standards of beauty that we have are towards towards women. Feminine is beautiful, whereas men are, like, tolerable. Like, even, like, if you have a very handsome man, say, like, Chris Hemsworth, people are like, yeah, he's muscular, but he's, like, not beautiful. Whereas, like, he's a nice-looking dude. Like, he's not inoffensive. And I don't know, like, it's it's a difficult thing. to process because you have to learn like because specifically when you're like a straight man your your standard of beauty is what women look like so you will never look like that so you're never going to be attractive at least that's how my mind works how are you yeah that's fair like i feel like a lot of this like i i understand a lot of it but it isn't like there are certain ideas that i grew up with but not Mm. all of these ideas um Mm. and i do feel like they're they shape a lot of how you act and feel towards yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, because I do often have the thought of like, oh, I wish I could be as beautiful as blah. 
that person because like they are like radiant and I'm like I'm never that I'm like he's got yeah, good hair I guess it's tough yeah because <laughs> like I've 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 rarely have ever thought anything equivalent to that mm. about a man and like there are a few occasions I've heard like people who are who are that attracted to men like say things like that and I'm like what makes a man that and then there's the part of me that's like that just wants all the attention and love that has driven me to try and be an activist. Like, why am I not that? What about me though? Like, mm-hmm. how do I be that? Yeah, um, absolutely. Like, what do they have that makes that? Cause I don't, I don't necessarily see it, mm-hmm. um, which is another frustrating thing. Um, like there's this, like in my life, at least there's like this over importance placed on, on beauty. And I feel like a lot of that's from like the media and like film and stories. Yeah. Um, which is shitty because, like, that's not something we have control over. One, what the current population decides is beautiful. No one controls that. And two, like, you have very limited control over what you look like. Absolutely. Like, <laughs> like very limited control. So, like, having that be an, a super important thing mm-hmm. um, is really shitty. It's mm-hmm. a really shitty way to think about yourself. And it's a shitty way to think about others because, like... No one like it. It shouldn't matter whether or not you find someone attractive. Yeah, like I, and that's something like as a as a dumb young kid, uh, like whether or not I found someone attractive, I thought that might be important to them somehow. And I guess part of that's because it was important to me if people found me attractive. Mm. But like, no one cares. I like it, like I was I was in New York when we first moved out, and I wrote a song, and the first lyrics were, "She doesn't care." She's the most beautiful girl you've ever seen. Why would she? And I'm yeah. like, yeah, yeah. It doesn't matter. Like, it does not matter. We're all dying. <laughs> and that's a it's a weird thing that was yeah. super important in my youth. And I'm like, why? How do we fix that? That's yeah. dumb. I do think though, um, and like Oscar Wilde touched on this a lot, that um beauty and charm are intrinsically linked to art. Because and that's why I think it is important. Um we've gone kind of overboard with the saturation of media and all this, but but it is like that's why all news anchors and um, and actors are at least interesting or attractive because we empathize with people we find stunning more, and it's the same thing with a painting. Like yeah. you're not going to have a painting that you think looks like crap hanging up. Yeah, and it's the exact thing. And I think beauty is intrinsically linked to art, but it's not necessarily a healthy way. Yeah. Um, what's different about acting is you can be compelling without being beautiful. Yeah. Like, um, people who are broken are fascinating. Like, and why they act the way they do are, like, since we're exploring behavior rather than just a f- purely uh, visual medium. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I think everyone's attractive in their own way. I do as well. Like, uh. I, I started doing this thing a while back where, like, I would look at someone and then, like, imagine I was looking in the mirror, like, and I saw them in the mirror and, like, uh, like see, like, what things about themselves that they probably pay attention to. Like, mm-hmm. are they self-conscious of and do they like? Yeah. And it's a, it's a really interesting thing until you realize you're staring at strangers on the subway and they <laughs> do look, like, super not into it. Um, <laughs> I would say, well, like, um, I feel like every... Like, I think it has a lot to do with growing up as well, because you want to be found attractive because your body is changing and you don't know what's going on. And you're like hoping that puberty is okay. Yeah. (laughs) Hope God, I hope puberty is all right for me. Um, But like a a great example on my end was like, I have this massive Adam's apple. Yeah. And I used to fucking hate it. I just, oh my, I don't think about it though that much anymore, which is great because I don't just don't give a shit. Like you only have one body. Yeah. You only have one you. There's only one person that's going to be with you your entire life, and it is you. Learn to at least respect it, if not like it. Yeah. And that's a hard thing to do. Mm -hmm. And I've always thought that, but I was just, I've gotten better at it, and I was very bad at it. Being active with that information. It's easy to say that or know it, but like acting on it is hard. Yeah, exactly. But, um, yeah, and it's also kind of difficult because we're put in this position where, um, as actors, you know, you are told, oh, we want this certain look or this certain thing. And if you don't have that, you, you devalue yourself, which is just untrue. It just means you either need to go and find a different gig or you need to make a gig for yourself. Yeah. And the the older I get, my worldly 
almost 25 years old, um, the more I realize as wonderful as it is being cast in someone else's thing, I would almost rather make my own stuff, which is why I've been doing podcasts and stand-up more. Because, like, I love acting. I do. I really love making a person and, like, being under those circumstances. But You only get to do it if you have a full team of people. Like, yep, exactly. <laughs> it takes a lot of people to make a movie. Yep, and and it also, like, even if I am doing that, I'm not the boss. Yeah. Um, so unless they like are really communicative with me, um, I will automatically resent a director yeah. unless they are like, I hired you because you did this thing well and I want you to emphasize this in your performance and I'm going to talk to you and sit with you and like discuss things yeah. rather than just like, okay, do the thing. That's a question I've always wanted to ask a director and mm. never have just like, Hey, so why me? Just like for my, like, yeah. Like, yeah. please, like, what did I do that you liked? So I know, like, what's the quality I've that never I should had emphasize? Some, like, tell me that I've never asked. Like, I have um, recently, actually, in Much Ado, like the director uh, told me exactly why he hired me. And I was like, oh, that's not the reason at all. I thought you did. So I'm going to emphasize this more. But coming to an agreement there um, can be sometimes difficult. Um, yeah. because, but like, and a director also, I feel like, has to understand everything's a negotiation. Like, because it is like you have two people that have opposing ideas all the time. Yeah. And it's just coming to a common ground. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny. Uh, it's funny. In the uh, interview with Hugh Jackman, he was talking about uh, him and the director. He's like, though, watching this movie was was a litany of times I realized I was wrong. Like, <laughs> I kept going to him like, yeah, but I think this. What about this idea? I think I really think we should do this. And then I watched the movie. and I was like, oh, yep. He was right. Yep. Uh, yep. He was right. Which is difficult fascinating which yeah. is an interest like because because <laughs> Hugh Jackman has been doing this for so long yeah. he's been doing it for 17 years he's playing that character for 17 years so yeah. you'd think he'd like know everything about it but the thing is like I guess like it makes a little sense because what they wanted to do with this one was so different, different. yeah um I, for yeah. sure it's a <sighs> it's a super interesting relationship but the thing is like they had talked about the process the whole time mm -hmm. and like they had this level of respect going into it mm -hmm. whereas like at our the level we're performing at like we're lucky if we know the director beforehand or yeah. we worked with them once or twice before. Absolutely. So like, we don't have, like, I don't know their work. They haven't yeah. done enough for me to be like, man, I've seen what you do. I really mm -hmm. respect your decisions because I don't. You have no fucking None of clue. us have, have that backlog or that reputation, yeah, which I, is frustrating. I cannot um, describe to you the amount of frustration because I work at, at SVA as an actor. Mm -hmm. And um, so they're all student directors now. Mm -hmm. Pardon me. Um, the advantage to student directors is they all have that wonderful enthusiasm mm -hmm. that you get as a young person going, I'm doing what I love for yeah. the first time. And then you stop making love and then you start directing. No. Um, <laughs> and then, but the downside is I have no experience and have no idea how to communicate ideas. And then also they're not casting me. Yeah. Now, with the, a couple of exceptions, directors have seen my work on the day because you know they all are in the same class and going i want tristan because i think he'd be good for this part yeah those have generally gone well but a lot of the times i've just shown up and i don't know why they've cast me other than i thought he was a good actor yeah and you, they might not know either exactly that might not be something they think about which you should Ugh. yeah why but, the why me it's yeah. always why me because if it isn't if you don't have a good enough answer, then you shouldn't cast me. Yeah. Like, having sat in on the process, that was something that was big for me. Like, um, I was we were I was casting short film for a bit. And, like, mm -hmm. knowing, and like, we're, it's down to these two people. And they're super different. And we just have to look why this one over that one. Yep. Like, it was these moments. It was, mm -hmm. is this guy brought in a handkerchief around his neck as a form of costume? And we're mm -hmm. like, this is, like, he gets what we want. Or, mm -hmm. or like... The, this this woman understood we wanted like frantic in a way that was like overbearing as opposed to oh we're casting an actress so she better be smiling the whole time because people only want women on screen if they're smiling like mm -hmm. that's not what we want but that's how all these actresses were trained so we yep. cast the person who understood mm -hmm. to act not smile which yep. is it isn't any of those actresses fault because that's what their schooling teaches them because it's yeah sexist yeah, because it's a horrible sexist... Because the system is bad. Yeah, it's a horrible sexist system we have. Um, um, yeah, and it's and just that level of, like, as a director, you have to communicate well. Yeah, they should be, they should be, 
self-aware and they should be able to communicate because mm-hmm. if you don't have those two things then you shouldn't be leading a leader yeah, yeah. which is I... what a director should do like if you mm-hmm. can't do those like be a director of photography or be, be then, an editor but like you should also like have um you should also think your actors are good yeah even when they make a choice you don't like you should go okay i see what you were doing yeah and like look like figure out what they were trying to get across yeah i was and, like because an actor really, makes a choice for a reason. Yeah. Generally, it's like, why? You should always just ask, why'd you do that? Not be like, why'd you do that? But like, okay, why'd you do that? Okay, yeah. what do you, what were you trying to convey? What was your thought? Do I agree? Do we disagree? Why? And like, it's a discussion. It's a negotiation. It's not a, a monarchy or anything yeah. like that. And another thing is like, that kind of conversation would be great in rehearsals. And we don't get a lot of rehearsals in this, in this level of... Yeah. In this level of... In this yeah. level of acting. Like, yeah. if we were uh, in a million-dollar set, yeah, they would call us in for readings and rehearsals. Uh, I also... That's a bit rare, but I also view the first three takes as a rehearsal anyway. Like, that sound Okay, that's not true. Uh, the first take, I do what I think the director wants. The second take, we do it for safety. The third one, I start playing. But generally, by the by second to third take, you kind of know what you want, and it is kind of like a rehearsal. Because... Yeah, it's just like takes are just rehearsals. You just get to have an, as many goes as the director wants. Digital. Yeah, just delete it and do it again. Delete it, do it. The only thing you're burning is time, which is difficult because I've been on sets going, I know we got it three takes ago. Yeah. And just knowing that we got it three takes ago and we're still doing four more takes and I'm dying. It's like, if I'm you don't like dying. what we've done, tell me why. Yep. Like, I hate when a director would just go, okay, let's just do it again. No. It's like then no. What was wrong with the last one? No, just no, just anything. Nothing is just anything. Yeah, <laughs> ever. Never do anything but half measures. Um, that was a lot of talk about filmmaking. Right. Yeah, and this is clearly something we both have a lot of opinions about because we love it. Yeah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> um. Sure. I, so I'm. So I'm. You're, you're I'm done. Pretty, I'm pretty bad at this, huh? <laughs> uh. Yeah, it's almost like it took me a year to get good at it. That's fair. That's yeah. Fair. I probably I, should have done more research and and listened to me. a few more of these. <laughs> yeah, uh, I mean, <laughs> I feel like a lot of it, all the like factual stuff. Um, I do those interludes. So, like you mentioned the sobriety thing, and I just did an interlude there uh, yeah. about that. And so, if you want to you know, get more into that, blah 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 blah, you can do that. But like, basically, what had happened was. Um, I didn't have a guest for this week, so uh, this happened. And this is also something I've been wanting to do for a while. Um, but yeah, thank you for letting me interview you. Huh. I'm I, like I was glad to do it. I think okay. it's something that you should have done, so I'm glad. Okay. That you've done it. Right on. I think it's an important thing. Hmm. Do you have any other questions about like my acting process or why? I talk in accents or why I don't look people in the eye and why I really, really, really have to pee right now. I do as well. You do have questions? No, I have to pee. So you go in the shower, I go in the toilet? All right, sounds good. Okay. Let's, let, let, let's, let's, let's go. Ba, ba, ba. You cannot be down, yeah. but you can try. You can try, you can try.